0: Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you with us this morning. We're going to get started with worship here in just a few minutes. We've got some more folks that are coming in uh, to the worship center. We're excited to be worshiping with you guys this morning. We've got a, lo- a lot of folks joining us online as well. Thank you for joining us, uh, even if you're not here in the room with us. Thank you for clicking on and being with us this morning. Hopefully uh, somebody handed you one of our bulletins when you walked in the door today. And if you didn't get one, we'd really like for you to pick one up before you leave this morning. There will be extras out in the lobby And we want to make sure that you get one uh, before you leave today. A lot of different things that we want you to know about that are going on with the Flagstone family. Um, On the back of your bulletin, um, if if this would help at all, especially if you're one of our guests here, um, you can see we have several QR codes listed there. If you want to know about different ministries or different uh, activities that we have going on, how you can get involved in some of those things, you can click on any one of those, uh, and that will give you that information there. Inside our bulletin, like I said, we have several things listed. got a lot of things going on this month, a lot of different activities for our church family and for our church family to be inviting other people to be a part of as well. So please make sure you pick up a bullet today and know what's going on uh, with the Flagstone family. Uh, in the top right corner, we'd like for, to, to especially draw our guests' attention to this. If this is your first time here, or maybe you've been here a couple of times just haven't taken the time to do this yet. We'd like for all of our guests to click on this QR code that's up here in the top right corner. When you do that, that will bring up a form um, on your phone where you can fill out your contact information. Share some of that with us. Let us know who you are, where you're from. And we want you to know ahead of time, we're not going to be bombarding you with visits and phone calls and texts and things like that. We'll probably send you a message and say, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our worship. Is there anything that we can tell you about our church family? Uh, But we'd like to know a little bit about you as well. So please do that. Uh, You can also ask, besides giving us your contact information, you can ask about our church family and some of the different things that we have going on uh, and how you can get plugged into some of those things. So please do that right now. It won't take you but a few seconds uh, to take care of that for us. And we would appreciate your help with that. we, we will be taking communion together today. When that time comes, we'll have um, some thoughts for communion. We'll have a prayer for the bread. We'll pass out trays, and in those trays are individual cups. And uh, in each one of those cups, a little piece of bread, and you'll just eat the bread and pass the tray on to the next person. And we'll take communion that way. We'll do the same thing with the juice. We'll have a prayer for the juice and pass trays out with juice in them as well. So I wanted you to know that's how we're going to take communion together when that time comes today. And then also, uh, for all of you who have kids with you this morning, we're so thankful that you brought them that's awesome. Uh, We have our children's ministry available at any time today for our third grade and younger all the way down to our our little bitty babies. And so if you need to take advantage of that anytime during our worship today, whether it's while we're singing, whether it's when we're taking communion, when we're spending time with the Word together, you're welcome to go right out this door right across our lobby to the children's check-in area. And we got volunteers ready to take care of your kids while you continue to worship with us. So feel free to do that uh, if that would help. If you want to keep your kids with you all during worship, more than welcome to do that. If it would help, um, we have activity bags available, and those are at the children's check-in area as well. Those have coloring sheets and other things for kids and them uh, to keep them engaged while you continue to engage in worship with us. So feel free to go grab one of those, or I guess two, uh, if you need them, uh, if that would help during our worship time this morning. I think that's all I need to share with you about our, our housekeeping things. I'm excited to be worshiping you today. I want you to know we're going to do, uh, you know, just have a great time worshiping our God, singing praises to Him. We'll be taking community together. We'll be spending time with the Word together. And you have been prayed for before you ever showed up this morning. I want you to know that. And we'll continue to pray that God reveals his presence uh, as we worship him today. And that God will, will put on your heart whatever he needs to this morning. And whatever it is that drew you here, maybe, you, maybe this is where you are every Sunday. And if so, glad you're here. Maybe this is, uh, you're, you're trying us out. You're wanting to find out if this is church family you might want to be a part of. Thank you for choosing to be here. You may have gotten dragged here against your will this morning. You might wish that you were still in bed on a cloudy day. Thank you for being here, even if it wasn't your choice, Uh, because I believe God brought you here for a reason, and I hope and I pray that he'll reveal that to you during our worship today. So let's pray to him. Let's ask him to bless our time of worship, and then after that, we'll stand together and start singing praises to him. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we've, we've already had this morning to just... Greet each other and and, and uh, say good morning and enjoy a cup of coffee and also spend some time in your word and our Bible study this morning. We're just we're thankful God to be able to be here in this place and for those who who can't be here with us but would like to be, and they're joining us online. What a, what a great uh, opportunity, God, to connect with each other and, and we thank you for that. God, I pray that as we enter into our time of worship, that you would help us begin to um, to let go or at least to tune out things that will distract us from focusing on being here and being in your presence. And I pray that we can feel your spirit in this place. I pray that everything we do today uh, is according to your will, but also brings you honor and glory. And I pray most of all, God, for people who came here this morning weighed down by some kind of burden, Some, some, something's going on in their lives. And it may be something physical, it may be something spiritual, it may be a relationship issue, and whatever it is, they, they came here holding on to that thing, being weighed down by that thing. And I pray whether it's whether it's when we're singing together, whether it's during the time we're reminded of how loved we have been because you sent your son to die for us, whether it's when we're spending time in your word together today, God, that, that you would allow those folks to be willing to share those things, those burdens with this church family so that we can help lift those burdens and carry them and, and God, ultimately to give those things to you and allow you to set us free from whatever struggles we have. So I pray that that happens today. And I pray most of all, God, that, that you just draw us closer to you as we praise your name together. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on our feet. Let's worship together this morning.
1: Hail, Jesus, you're, you're my, my King. King. Hail, Jesus, you're my King. Your life frees me to you see. Your life frees me to see. I will praise you, my my day. My day. praise you all my days. I will praise you all my days. You're perfect in all your ways. You're my Lord. I will obey your word. I will obey your word. I want to see your kingdom come.
2: everything's fine. Well, everything's not fine. Uh, There was one particular moment at the very end of my freshman year of college when everything was not fine. I had been praying, had been working through things, and I was just in a spot where I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my prayer life. I wasn't happy (laughs) with the answers that God was giving me whenever I did pray. And as I'm traveling home at the very end of my freshman year, uh, no music, it was rainy, which was super fitting for my mood. It was rainy and storming, and I was just praying, just out loud, loud, crying, screaming, everything in the middle, moments of silence. You know, we've, we've kind of all been there. Whenever you're just pleading with God, tell me, tell me something that I want to hear. Tell me something that... Uh, Aligns with what I want, and as I was praying these prayers, I was just kind of in the middle of this long car ride. There was this giant bolt of lightning that just shook shook the car and shook everything. And I was like, "Okay, I'll step back. I'll take a second. Let I me mean, recoup just a little bit." God, there's there's some pretty intense things happening here. But in all reality, I, had, I felt I felt like God had betrayed me. There's some pivotal moments in that, that year. That felt like he had provided this way that I was walking down, and as I was approaching the end of this way that he had shut the door. What's what's going on? Everything was not everything was not fine. And I feel like that maybe those emotions were small emotions of what Jesus felt just a few hours before his crucifixion. If you'll read with me, we're in Matthew. 26, whenever Jesus is praying uh, these tough prayers in Gethsemane, I'll just start in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Now remain here and watch with me. And going just a little farther, Jesus fell on his face and he prayed, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, you couldn't just keep watch with with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, the flesh is weak. And again, for a second time, he went away and he prayed the same prayer. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he he came and he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy, because they were humans. And so leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for a third time, saying the same thing. Then he came to his disciples and he said, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. For 32, 33 years, Jesus is going down this path. He's he's gaining fame. He's he's gaining notoriety. He's preaching the kingdom. The kingdom is here. Everything's fine. But Jesus knows what's at the end. He knows what's at the end of the tunnel. And it's It's not fine. You know what's crazy? Many times whenever God tells us no, it's actually for our good. Can you imagine? Thank God that God said no to his son for us. So today, we're going to be looking at prayers. Maybe we're met with silence. Maybe we're met with no. Maybe we just don't know how to hear the voice of God. Thank God that he said no to his son so that we could be here and have hope. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the sacrifice that your son made for us 2,000 years ago and as unimaginable as that seems, God, it was good. It was good. You took the worst moment in history and made it good, and God, we're thankful for that, and we, we want to remember that. We want to remember that, and so God, as we, as we take this bread, and as we take this cup later on, God, help us to remember the gravity of that, that God that that you are willing to sacrifice your own son to be with us. Thank you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
1: Day by.
2: You guys know that I'm weepy, but it's been pushed to a new level with the arrival of my newborn son. I just, I just, I don't know what it is. It's, I feel like that. that lots of people say that. "I'm just, I'm crying. I'm watching Halloween movies, crying." All these things that, it's just, it's a part of it. Let's pray for the cup. God, once again, we come to you, and we're grateful for your sacrifice. God, you spilled your blood so that we can be made clean. God, you give us hope and you give us peace. In the middle of all of our mess, in the middle of all of our nastiness, the sins that we've sinned today and yesterday and the day before, God, every day you give us new morning mercies. You give us opportunities to have those things wiped clean by the blood of your son. And for that, we're grateful every day. Thank you for everything you do for us. It's in your name.
1: Amen. In need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy raining down from high above, in need of strength. Since our ice
0: cream social and singing event, who all was at that one? All right, so you know this next song that we're going to sing. It's the first time we've sang it in worship, but we did practice it, and I'm excited to sing it with you all this morning. So please stand up with me, and we'll sing it before Marshall's lesson this morning.
1: (laughs) I reach high.
0: no judgment here um I refused I think you know Christy would probably even say I might have had my tear ducts seared shut all the time we were dating first married I just never allowed anybody to see me cry first kid born I can't stop now I I cry at the most the most random things he'll just I don't know why I don't know uh, some mean trick God's playing on me I don't know what it is but uh yeah there's no judgment there um When I, was, uh, when I was a kid, I played Little League baseball, and, uh, you know, I wasn't awful. I wasn't great, uh, and probably when I was around, I think it was the season when I was around like 10 or 11 years old, um, you know, I started out the season, I was, I was hitting pretty good. I was getting hits several times when I was at bat, and I was feeling pretty good about that, and then I kind of went through a slump. For a 10 or 11 year old, whatever a slump is, I just couldn't get a hit. And I was so frustrated. And I remember, I remember the, where the ballpark was. I remember being in, the, you know, this, you know, cheap uh, baseball fields, not very well groomed. You know, the grass was probably at least ankle high because I hadn't mowed that week. And, you know, but I'm standing in the on deck circle. And I remember multiple times standing in the on deck circle with my bat you know, taking my practice swings, and I'm just, I'm praying, God, please let me get a hit, God, please let me hit the ball, God, please, and I just kept saying it over and over, please, God, I love you, God, I'll do whatever you want me to, God, I just, I just want a hit, and I'm, like, literally looking up at the stars sometimes, I'm like, God, please, do you see me down here with this bat, please give me a hit, and I would just beg God, and if I got up to bat and didn't get a hit, and as I'm, you know, sadly walking back to the dugout, in my mind, I'm like, what in the world, man? Like, I, I go to church. My, I, I read my Bible. I, I'm actually praying. I'm, I'm a good kid. I mean, there were issues, okay, but, you know, for the most part, I'm a good kid. God should answer my prayer, right? God should give me a hit. I was begging him. There was stuff I was offering in trade. What do you want from me, God? I'll do it. I just want a hit, and it didn't answer it. he didn't or the answer was you know in my mind was no you ever had times like that not necessarily on deck circle praying for getting a hit but man there's something that you really really beg God for and it didn't happen the answer was no or the answer was different than what you hoped it would be, or maybe it just it got to the point you felt like there is no answer at all. What I'm just, I'm talking to the air right now because nothing's happening in response. My guess is a lot of us, if we've been Christians very much, you know, a, a very significant part of our lives, we struggle with that. There's some of us in this room, some people that are joining us online right now that I know are struggling with that, that very thing. I'm talking to God, and I'm asking God, and Scripture says, ask and it'll be given to you, and I'm asking, and it's not being given to me, and I don't understand. And I'm frustrated with that. And I want us to be thinking about that this morning because we're going to wrestle with that together. We started talking a couple weeks ago about this thought of, of you know, when we, when we say everything's fine, and when everything is actually not fine. But we'll, we'll put a smile on and we'll pretend and, we'll, and when people say, how are you? And we say, oh, I'm, I'm good, everything's okay, everything's fine, when it's not. And maybe it's because we don't want to have the conversation or maybe it's because we become convinced that we, need to, that we need to pretend, especially because I'm a Christian, I need to pretend that everything is fine, I'm blessed. I mean, we talked about that a couple months ago, right? Hashtag blessed, even though I don't feel very blessed right now. Everything is not fine. Or maybe we're just trying to will it to happen. If I just, if I keep telling people and keep telling myself everything is fine, eventually it will be. Or maybe there's some things I just don't want to be, I don't want to be genuine and honest about. And I just keep pretending everything is fine because if I start acknowledging everything is not fine, then I'm going to have to do something about that. And so we talked a couple weeks ago about how everything's not fine with our sin, that sometimes we really need to be honest about the temptation and sin in our lives. We need to, we need to, Quit masking and going, you know what, Things are, this particular part of my life is not good right now. And something needs to change. We talked last week about our jobs. And I was, I was um, encouraged by a lot of the conversations that came after our time together last Sunday. A lot of different people reached out. We just had some conversations about just where they are in their jobs right now. And everything's not fine. And it felt good to be honest about that and to try to work on that together. And this morning, we want to talk about this again, just a situation in our lives where, that, that many of us are probably dealing with, where everything is, is, is not fine, and it's not fine with what I'm calling my, my unanswered prayers. I pray for something, I'm seeking God's answer, I'm seeking God's approval, I'm seeking God to give me whatever it is I'm asking for, and then I don't get it. Either I, either the, you know maybe the, it, it's not what I wanted, or I just don't feel like I get an answer um, at all. And I'm not okay with that. And I'm hurting and I'm, I'm confused and I'm frustrated. But then, I, but then I, I feel like, I feel this pressure, you know, from church people or maybe from Scripture itself to, to say, okay, but I know I didn't get the answer I wanted, but everything's fine. And I read a verse like First like Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. that says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I recognize that it's, it's easy for me to give thanks when things are good. When Thanksgiving time rolls around, we say, let's think of all the things we got to be thankful for. And I can come up with a list. I can think of things to be thankful for and to be, to be positive and to thank God for those particular things. But what about the things that aren't going good? When he says give thanks in all circumstances, that means all circumstances. The things that are going great and the things that are going not so great. And the people that I love and the people that I can't stand. And I read a verse like that and, and I see those words and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be thankful even though I didn't get the answer that I wanted. Thank you, God, for not answering my prayer. Thank you, God, for saying no. It's hard to do, isn't it? But I feel that pressure. I feel like I have to. I can't be a good, a good Christian if I honestly say, okay, God, I'm frustrated. I'm hurting. I'm angry. I don't get it. I'm confused. It's almost like I feel like I'm not allowed to say that. And so I just, I just put on a mask and just, and just cover it up and go, you know, you know everything's fine. No, I didn't get the answer that I wanted. No, things aren't going the way that I want them to, but, but that's okay when it's not. I don't feel like it really is. So what do I do about that? Well, let me give a couple of, I guess, disclaimers, for lack of a better word, as we get into this this morning. And the first one is this. I, I want you to know, and, and you may have heard me say this before. But I'm going to say it again. I believe with all my heart that God is okay with me venting to him. With me being honest and genuine with him and saying I'm hurting or I'm angry or I'm frustrated with the answer. There are multiple times, there are multiple examples in scripture where godly people did that. Where godly people cried out to God asking for something and didn't get the answer they wanted. And their response was, God, I don't get it. Our God's a big God. And he can handle our frustration. And he can handle our confusion. And he can handle our anger. Now, I don't want to live there. I don't want to stay there. But in that moment of genuine honesty, I think God's okay with that. Second thing I want to say is this. As we talk about not being fine with unanswered prayers, I want to be really honest with you guys. I don't have a full handle on this myself. And we're going to talk about some principles together this morning, but I'm I'm still wrestling with some of these things. There have been multiple times in my life, some very recently, where I have begged for God to do something that I really thought was the best thing to happen, and it didn't happen that way, and I'm still confused. I'm still bothered, and so I, I want to be honest with you about that. I'm, I'm not up here this morning going, "Let me let me give you all the answers because I've figured all this out." I'm wrestling with it too, and we, I'm just I'm joining you. Let's wrestle with it together. And when we get those, those unanswered prayers, when we don't get the answer that we want, why is that? What happens in those moments? And there's, there's a couple of different things that, that I think we can look at and go, well, this is the, the why, even though I don't know that we necessarily get a complete answer as to why. But sometimes, sometimes when we pray and we pray hard, we pray passionately for God to do something that we think is the best thing to do, sometimes God's answer is just no. No. Just plain and simple. God is just not going to say yes to whatever that thing is. And it could be because whatever it is that I'm asking for is something that's actually going to be harmful to me or cause me to be hurtful to someone else. Or maybe it's something, maybe it's something that's actually sinful. Maybe it's something that's going to fill me with, with more pride and more self-centeredness. Maybe it's something that's completely against God's direction, God's will, God's purpose for my life. And so his answer is no, even though I, don't, I may not fully understand the why in that moment. James addresses this in James chapter 4 and verse 3. He says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask for the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This is just one example where James says sometimes even if I'm begging God for something, he's not going to give it to me because it's all about me. It's something that I want and it's, it's going to make me either do things that God doesn't want me to do or it's going to make me more self-centered, more prideful, more focused on me instead of being focused on him. It's going to pull me away from him instead of drawing me closer to him. And so God's going to say no to that. Sometimes... God's answer is no, and and He and it's not obvious as to why. He doesn't give a reason. He has a reason. He just doesn't always share it with us. And that happens multiple times. We see that multiple times throughout Scripture. We've experienced it in multiple ways in our lives. One way is, is what we talked about in this church family before, when the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 12 says I, I've, I've been preaching i've been spreading god's word i've been establishing churches i've been doing all these great things and there's this one thing he calls his thorn in the flesh and we don't know for sure exactly what that was it might have been a physical ailment it might have been a particular person that just kept you know goading him and causing problems in his life it might have been something some character flaw some character issue for him that needed to be straightened up and whatever it was Whatever that problem was, it kept being a problem and kept Paul from fully being who he thought that he could be. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I begged God three times, please take this away. Please get rid of this thorn. Please get rid of this problem. It's a problem for me and I don't want it anymore. Please take it away. And all three times, God's answer was no. In verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my power is, uh, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I want you to see there that even though he doesn't say God specifically said no, the answer was no. God, please take this away. Mm-mm. You've got my grace, and that's good enough. And I want you to notice something that we kind of breeze past when we look at this scripture. sometimes. He doesn't tell Paul why. He doesn't say, I'm going to say no to that because, and here's all the reasons why I'm saying no to that. He just says simply, no, my grace is going to see you through it. That's hard for us, isn't it? Even if you're going to say no, tell me why. And sometimes the answer becomes obvious. Sometimes we see it. Maybe it's on down the road. Sometimes we see it, but, but sometimes God does not never tell us the answer. We don't know why the no happens. We just know sometimes God's answer is no. And I need to understand and be willing to accept that. I get a greater sense of and a greater appreciation for God's presence sometimes, even when the answer is no. I have to rely on him more and go, okay, you know better than me. So sometimes God's answer is no. Sometimes I believe there are other forces at work. I fully believe that God is all-powerful, that he is in ultimate control of his creation and and his universe. But let's acknowledge the fact that we do have an enemy named Satan. There is evil in this world, and Satan continues to cause problems. Can we agree on that? He is not as powerful as our God, but he does have power. He is not all-knowing, he is not all-encompassing like our God is, but he's in control of a lot of things. And he is actively opposed to us as Christians. First Peter, Peter says that Satan wants to devour us. Jesus says in John chapter 10 that Satan wants to steal from us and wants to destroy us. And I think that one of the weapons that Satan uses to interfere with my prayer life, or at least God's answer to my prayers, uh, is, is to cause something to happen to mess that up. Where I start to doubt, I start to question, I start to be curious about what God is actually doing. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, you can look this up if you want to, the book of Daniel. This is hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Daniel was a prophet. He's praying to God. He's he's living in, in, in the middle of both the Babylonian Empire and the start of the Persian Empire back in ancient times. But he's a very righteous man had a close connection with God. God gives him messages and he shares those with other people. God reveals to him, uh, envisions uh, uh, his will. God gives him interpretation to dreams. I mean, there's a close connection that Daniel has with God. And at one point, Daniel is praying and he's and he's praying so passionately. He's not even eating. He's fasting and he's just, he's on his knees. He's begging God over and over for some things in Daniel chapter 10. And he's praying and he's not getting an answer and, and then, He sees at one point an angel. An angel finally arrives. And maybe it was something they actually saw in the room. Maybe it was a vision. We don't know for sure. But a man comes from God, a messenger from God, an angel from God comes to him and says, listen, your prayer was heard from the beginning. But look in Daniel chapter 10, beginning verse 12. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. We're not going to take the time this morning to get into exactly what that means about who the prince of the Persian kingdom is I want you to see what happened here Daniel is praying for an answer from God and an answer was on its way but what happened some other force got in the way did the answer come eventually I don't I don't know exactly how Satan works or exactly all the powers at his disposal but i think i may be going out on a limb here i think that we need to acknowledge that sometimes there's things working against us there's things working against our god there's forces working against our prayer lives that we may not ever be able to see or have a complete awareness of and god may be responding to my prayers and i there's other forces at work i'm just not seeing it i'm not receiving it yet Sometimes, God just has something else planned. I mean, I have my plans. I have my agenda. I, I see the way that I think things should go, and it makes the most sense because I'm always right, right? I know what's best for me. I know what's best for other people. And so when I pray for those things, God should be like, man, brilliant stamp of approval. That's the way it should happen. It doesn't always happen that way because God's got other plans. And I may not know it yet, and I may not be able to see it yet. I may not even realize what it is that God is going to do. Or maybe what he has already started to do, and I just haven't paid attention to it yet. Because I just wasn't seeing it at the time. Because I was so focused on my plan and the way things I thought, the, the, the way I thought things should go. And he had something else in mind. Um. Several years ago, Christian and I were dating. I mean, it's, it's, it's time to start planning for a wedding. And I'll just be honest with you all. I'll start off with this statement. Bless her heart that she was dating me. Because I wasn't completely opposed to the idea of marriage, but I just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to plan for it. I knew I was going to marry her. All right, we're going to get married. I love her. Yeah, we're going to spend the rest of our lives together, whatever. The whole planning and everything just wasn't... That wasn't on my radar. And there was some frustration on her part, not specifically with me, but just like there's some things that need to start being planned if this is what we're going to do. Like I was, I was getting ready to, you know, I had already graduated. I moved here and started doing, you know, youth ministry, and she's still uh, in school, you know, in college. And I'm just like, well, yeah, well, I'll work out. It doesn't just work out. I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but <laughs> wedding plans have to come together. I started figuring it out. And we started making some plans, again, but, but still hadn't officially gotten engaged yet. And we were talking about wedding dates and when that was going to happen. And I'm, you know, I'm doing youth ministry. I'm like, you know, summer's going to be hard because I got stuff planned for these teenagers. Again, bless her heart. She stuck with me anyway. Um, but I, I had all these, you know, plans and stuff. But then we started talking about, okay, here's some dates where some things need to start coming together. And, and we still hadn't, I still hadn't put the ring on the finger yet. Now. Unbeknownst to her, a few weeks before we actually got engaged, I just, I mean, this before we had, like, you know, I could shop on, on, online and all those kinds of things. And I went to probably 15 to 20 different jewelry stores. I'm not exaggerating. Here in northwest Arkansas. And I worked it down. I got exactly the ring that I knew she would like, and, and, and what, but I didn't tell her that. I wanted to be a surprise for her that I had gone to all this effort to find this ring. And I actually had to order it, and it was coming in, you know, this one particular week. And so I went down the week before the ring was coming in. I went down to Cersei and went around and got all the plans made for the following weekend when I was actually going to propose. She didn't know any of that. And so that weekend that I came down to get all the plans made, um, you know, we went out to dinner, we went out to a movie, and we're at this mall where the movie theater was. She's like, let's go ring shopping. I'm like, I've got a ring. Just hadn't shown up, but I hadn't told her that. She's like, well, let's, go just, let's just go look at rings. I was like, okay. And so I go, and I was just acting like could not care less about rings. I was like, whatever. You, just, you like that one? Great. And I'm just being so nonchalant about it. And I'm asking really dumb questions, even though I had learned by going to so many jewelry stores exactly the questions to ask. But I, you know, just like, okay, I guess you like that one. Boy, that's kind of expensive. And just, you know, I'm just being really just kind of off about it. And she got so frustrated. Rightfully so. She got so frustrated. But see, I already had a plan. I I knew I knew she was going to love the ring that I got her. I knew the whole engagement thing was going to be. I mean, she was going to love it. She was going to be so excited, and she got so angry and frustrated, rightfully so, because she didn't know what my plan was. She couldn't see it, and she was and she was just irritated and frustrated, and, and walked away from that weekend, going, "We are never getting married because he doesn't even. This isn't even on his radar, and might as well not even worry about making plans and all that kind of stuff because that's all." That, that she could see in that moment. The next weekend came, by the way, proposed. She said, yes, here we are today. But in the moment, she couldn't see it. She didn't know what I already had planned. And once the plans came to fruition, it was great. I get frustrated with God. Because I can't see his plans. And what are you doing? I've got my plans. You just need to put your stamp of approval on mine. I got this laid out. Or just tell me what the plan is. And he doesn't always do that. Matter of fact, here's what God says in Isaiah uh, chapter um, 55. Beginning in verse 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. I am not, please hear me, I am not saying my thoughts are higher than Christy's thoughts or my ways are higher than her ways. I'm saying my God's are. My God's thoughts and, and his plans and his purposes are so far beyond what I can fully comprehend. I believe that. I trust in that. And I hope you do too. But there's nothing in scripture, even, even as even as God says these words through Isaiah, there's nothing in there where he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways, so let me try to explain it to you. There's no guarantee that God's going to completely reveal to us what his plans are. So sometimes when I get the answer that I, that I wasn't expecting or wasn't hoping for, or sometimes when I feel like God's not actually answering my prayers, he might actually be answering them, but in a way that I can't see or I haven't seen yet. I don't know what he's got in mind. And all I can focus on is my prayer and my want and my desire, and it should go this way. And why is it not? And God's going. I got something better. I got something that's going to be a blessing to you, or it's going. I'm going to use you to bless others in some in some way, and you don't even see it. And I need to trust, even though I may not be fine with that answer. I need to trust. That even if I don't get the answer that I was hoping for, he's got something better planned. So maybe the answer is no, or maybe there's some other forces at work, or maybe God's just got different plans than I do. And whatever the reason is that my prayer seems to go unanswered, I want you to know that there's a promise. There's, there's a definitive promise that, that we need to trust in no matter what. And it comes from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Paul says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I want us to notice because sometimes we we kind of mess up in how we read this verse. Paul does not say that we know that God only makes good things happen to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. What does he say? God works for their good. Sometimes to get to the good, I got to go through some not so good. But God's going to make good things happen. He's going to make good things happen in my life. He's going to use me to make good things happen in other people's lives. God is going to create a blessing. And sometimes in the moment, it may not seem like a blessing. Sometimes in the moment, it may seem like it's going in a completely opposite direction of the way that I think it should go. It should go. But I need to trust that this promise is true, that no matter what, if I don't get what I'm asking for, if I get something completely different that I'm asking for, if I don't feel like I get an answer at all, God is still at work. God is still doing good. God is still planning good for me and planning to use me for someone else's good. That's the promise. Do we believe that to be true? You can answer out loud. Do we believe that to be true? I hope so. Because I know sometimes I don't feel this way. And there may be some of you sitting here right now. They're like, I I see it. I see the words. I've heard them before. I'm just not feeling it right now. And it, it takes a conscious effort for me to trust in that. For me to believe that no matter what, no matter what frustration I'm feeling, no matter how lost I feel, no matter how upset I am because things are not going the way that I prayed for them to go, that my God is still doing good. That even if I don't feel it at the moment, that everything is going to be fine. So how do I get there? How do I get to the point where I start feeling better even if I don't like the answer? Even if my prayer goes unanswered. Let me give you some action steps really quick this morning, we'll be done. The first thing that I need to do about my unanswered prayers, and, and I I will say this, each one of these is a conscious choice. When my prayers don't go the way that I want them to, the first thing I need to do is to choose to keep praying. Cause what a lot of us do, myself included, if we don't get the answer that we like, and we, you know, pray for a while, we didn't get it, then the the response is, well, then just forget it. I just won't ask anymore. I just won't talk to God anymore. He not answering me. I'm not going to talk to him. I need to choose. I need to consciously choose. I need to make a definitive decision to pray and to keep praying. Jesus told a story in Luke chapter 18 of this widow woman. Who, needed, who was in need of justice, whatever, something had gone wrong. She needed justice, and she keeps going to this judge and appearing before this judge and asking for justice, and the judge keeps just blowing her off and blowing her off and blowing her off and won't give her justice, and she keeps going back again and again and again. And finally, that judge is like, fine, and does whatever it is that she asks him to because he's just so tired of the nagging. And Jesus tells that story. And he says this in in Luke 18, verse 7 and 8. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Now, I want to be clear. Jesus is not calling us to be nagging whiners and just keep going over and over again. But God, do this. But God, do this. And just keep doing it over and over and over again. That's not what Jesus is calling us to Jesus is saying, if people who have No presence of God in their lives can figure out how to give somebody whatever it is they're asking for because they keep asking for it. Don't you think our righteous God can do that too? And I need to be persistent. I need to keep talking to God. I need to keep that communication open. I need to keep bringing things before Him. Not in a nagging way, but just a recognition. God, I can't do this on my own and I need you to do it. And recognizing that I have the right to go to the creator of the universe with what's ever on my heart as many times as I want. And he's listening. And he'll make sure that good happens. Even if it's not the way I thought it would go. I need to choose to keep on praying. Even when I'm not getting the answer that I wanted. The second thing I need to do is choose to trust. Trust. And it's a conscious decision to keep trusting in God, to keep trusting in his presence, keep trusting in his plan for my life, even if I don't see it or understand it. And we've talked before about this prophet and another prophet in the Old Testament, his name is Habakkuk. And things are going bad for Habakkuk and his people. God's people are being oppressed and, and he's wanting... For them to be set free from their oppressors, for things to start going better for them. And he cries out. I mean, if you read through Habakkuk chapter 1, it basically says, this is Habakkuk. And the very next sentence is Habakkuk going, God, how long is this going to go on? And God's response, I mean, you you, you may have cried out that before to God, right? Right? Things are bad right now. God, how long is this going to go on? God, rescue me from what I'm dealing with, this addiction, this struggle with this person, this hurtful thing. God, how long am I going to deal with this? That's Habakkuk's prayer. You know what God's response to Habakkuk is? It's going to get worse. Read through Habakkuk. That's God's answer. Yeah, it's bad, and it's going to get worse. But I'll eventually make it better. You hang in there. You choose to trust me. So at the end of that conversation, here's what Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 3. Begin verse 17. He says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Very farmer-ish. Um. statement that he makes here and you think about an agricultural society if there's nothing growing and there's no no animals being produced life is not good and what does Habakkuk say even if even if things seem to be falling apart and God seems to be producing nothing I'm still going to trust in him there's a plan there is a God and there is a plan and I am going to trust in that Can I say the same? Is that, the, is that an honest statement from me too? It takes a conscious effort to get there. For me to say, I'm not getting what I hoped I would get. Things are not the way that I wish they would be, but I trust anyway. That there is a God and he has a plan. Folks, the more that I do that, the more I'll start to see his plan coming to fruition i got to choose to keep praying. i got to choose to trust. And and then I do have to choose to be thankful. To intentionally choose to be thankful to God no matter what his answer is. Remember Paul's words we talked about at the very beginning from 1 Thessalonians 5? Give thanks in all circumstances. And the challenge is to be thankful when he doesn't answer my prayer. To choose to say thank you to God no matter what his answer is. But when I actually do that, When I make that choice, when I consciously say, thank you, God, even when it's not what I hope for, even when I feel like I'm not getting an answer at all, to be thankful for his presence, to be thankful for the answer that he does give. When I choose to do that, I actually become more aware of all the ways that he is blessing my life, even if he's not answering this prayer. I become more aware of all the good things that he is doing that maybe I wasn't paying attention to before. I become aware of how much he is moving in my life in spite of this one way that I feel like he's not. So going back to what Paul was dealing with in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what he says in verse 9. After God has said no three times, he says, Well, then therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, and insults, and hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says when things don't go my way, when I don't get what I thought I should get, when I, when, when I don't see the purpose of the plan, when I, when I don't feel like I'm getting an answer, in that moment I need to be thankful because I have the opportunity to watch what God is going to do in spite of what my plans were. I get to be a front row witness to it so i need to choose to keep praying i need to choose to trust i need to choose to be thankful and this isn't about being fake and like we talked about putting our hands in our pockets truck and just everything's fine i'm allowed those moments i'm allowed those days to say to god i don't get it and i'm hurting and i'm frustrated I mean, did you hear what we said, Habakkuk said? God, how long is this going to go on? I'm allowed to feel that way. But then I've got to make a conscious choice. Even though it's not fine, even though I'm hurting, even though I'm confused, even though I'm angry, even though I'm frustrated, even though I just can't see what his plan is, I'm going to choose to believe that he has one. I'm going to trust in that. I'm going to keep praying. and I'm going to thank him for whatever the answer is. so much easier said than done. I told you, as I'm sharing those things with you, I'm wrestling with doing those things myself. I I like to maintain control over a lot of things. And when when I don't get the answer that I think I should get, that's a lack of control. That's, That's hard for me. I don't know that God will will always answer our prayers the way that we think that he should. But I do believe that God loves us no matter what. I have a a reputation, I guess, um, for not being that compassionate when my kids have gotten hurt. Much less when yours have, by the way. I'm, I, I have that reputation at church camp and stuff too, but... But even my own kids, when they've, oh, broken a bone or, I don't know, uh, you know, I just, I mean, we were talking about it this weekend with, with um, a couple of kids and, you know, uh, when my youngest son Tyson broke his arm in the middle of a basketball game and he's pale white and about to throw up because he's just. You know, feeling nauseous from the pain that he's going through, and I'm like, "Well, there's a trash can over there." I'm still coaching. <laughs> that's a true story. Um, that's not the only one, unfortunately. <laughs> but I hope my boys recognize that when they have been in pain. When they have been hurting, there's nothing more that their mom or I want to do than scoop them up and wrap them in our arms and take that pain away. The sooner the better. Because we love them. And maybe we didn't prevent the pain from happening, but we loved them through it. And I want you to know what kind of father all of us have. He may not always prevent the hurtful, painful situation. Sometimes we don't understand why. But we have a father that wants nothing more, no matter how hurt I am, no matter how much I'm dealing with consequences to my own choices and the hurt that comes from those things how desperately my father wants to scoop me up in his arms and let me know how loved I am. He may not always prevent the pain, but he'll love me through it. I don't know why. I don't know why God hasn't answered your prayer the way that you wish that he would. But I have no doubt that my God loves you with a love that I can't even fathom. And I hope you know that too. And we're going to stand here in just a second. And we're going to sing a song about this father that wants to wrap us up and hold us close and sing over us. And as we're singing that song, if you are if you standing there while we're singing and you, you recognize, I've never experienced that kind of presence from God in my life before. And I want to experience that. I want to know what it's like to be his child. You're welcome. We would invite you to come to the front and share that with us. I want to be a child of God. I want to know what it's like to have a father like that. And we'll help make that happen today. And if you've known what that's like in the past, you've given your life to him, you've become his child, but you've walked away from it for whatever reason. Maybe it was busyness, maybe it was a relationship, maybe it was just time, maybe it was sin, whatever it is. You chose something else and you chose to walk away. I want you to know that the answer to the prayer, God, do you still love me? God, will you have me back? God, will you still accept me? The answer is always yes. And if you're wanting to come back to him right now this morning, you're welcome to walk to the front and say, I'm ready to give my life back to him again. I want that connection with him again. And we'll help make that happen if you don't move from where you're standing when we sing together, I hope that as we sing a song about a loving father that we have, that you'll recognize what a loving father you have. And you'll choose, start choosing today to start trusting in him maybe ways that you haven't in a long time. Start listening to him in ways maybe you haven't before. Start following him in ways that you've never chosen to in the past. I don't know that you'll always get the answer to your prayers. I know you'll always be accepted and loved by our God. And if we can get you closer to him, we want to do that. While together we stand and sing.
1: The Lord our God is with you. He.
0: Thomas to come forward uh, this morning um, just sharing her heart um, if you've been a part of this church family for more than five years you may remember uh, and she reminded me that it's been five years since her son Carlos um, got his diagnosis of, of bipolar and, and depression and uh, they've been dealing with that in their family for you know who knows how long before that, and then since the diagnosis. And what she shared is, is really awesome. What she shared was that her prayer for the longest time, and, and I think she even asked our church family to pray for healing God, take this away. Um, get rid of this. And nothing seemed to be happening. Uh, things, as a matter of fact, sometimes seem to get worse. And within the last couple of years, um, since last year she's she changed her prayer instead of saying god take this away just god reveal yourself reveal yourself to him in whatever form that needs to take and just bless his life in spite of this condition that he deals with and just recently he's reached out to her and said he's making some changes And he wants to start doing things better. And he wants to maybe get a connection with God again. And he wants to, he's wanting to do some things differently. And and she sees that as God answering that that new prayer. I totally agree. I think God's answering that prayer in a powerful way. And all she's asking is for the church family to pray, to pray with her uh, the same prayer. That even if the, even if the bipolar condition never goes away, that God will still be a presence in her son's life in spite of it. So we're going to pray for that this morning. And I hope you'll continue to pray for that uh, in the days and weeks ahead. So we got some folks, I mean, Jason and Jennifer mean a lot to this church family. We've got a lot lot of folks that come down here to pray with them and be around them. If anybody else wants to come down and and, uh, surround them with love while we pray, you're welcome to do that. Put a hand on them or put a hand on, somebody that's got a hand on them and let's pray together god we are so thankful that you give us not just the right i mean you invite us god to come to you with what's on our hearts there's no other God like that. And we're so thankful to you for it. And we thank you for moving in ways that we don't see, maybe not maybe we're not even aware of. Um, and you have been moving in Carlos's life, and, and we thank you for that. And God, we we're still bothered with why he has this condition. And we may never know the answer to that. But God, give us the faith to believe that you can be a, a powerful presence in his life in spite of the conditions that he has to battle through. And help us to be a source of encouragement for him and, and, and any help that we can to him and to, to Jennifer, to their family. And God, we pray, we pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to him, that he would continue to, to have this fire that's just a spark right now, that it would continue to grow, where he just wants, he wants to be connected to you and to allow you to shine out through him. So God, we pray for that to happen. Whatever your will is, however that needs to happen, we pray for that to happen. And give us the willingness to, to, to let go of control and allow you to do that and however you see fit. God, I pray that you'll amaze us with how you work through Carlos's life. And thank you for this family that has loved him through these struggles. And I pray that you continue to hold them close. Give them strength and encouragement as well. So that they can keep being the presence for him as you continue to reveal your presence in his life. We believe, God, that you've listened to all of our prayers. And we believe that you are already moving to answer. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. One of our shepherds, Monty Morton, is going to come up. Share a couple quick words with us, and then we'll have one more prayer, and we'll be dismissed.
3: Another good lesson, Marshall. Thank you for that. That, uh, that may be one of the hardest lessons as a Christian is to give up control, right? Uh, that's a hard one. So uh, this coming Saturday, one of the things going on is men's breakfast, and Gary wanted to visit with us and uh, encourage everybody to come see us. I just want to let all the guys know that any guy is welcome to come. Just make sure that you bring your money, and it's at the Village in at 8 o'clock. And all the guys is welcome, because my goal is to sit up, to fill it up so that nobody else will be able to come in. So that's my goal. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, we're meeting at 8 o'clock at the Village Inn. The women's uh, day is starting here at 9 o'clock. So, men, nobody's getting up and cooking your breakfast at home. So you might as well just come down and join us at the Village Inn. And Gary's been telling me that for a long time, that he wants to shut the entire Village Inn down. So uh, help us do that. I'm sure they will appreciate it. In the back, right after services, Paulette tells me there's going to be sign-up tables set up right there under the mission, the Connect Serve. Uh, there in the back. So, ladies, if you want to sign up and, and join in the Ladies' Day, uh, y- there'll be a booth set up there for you to sign up afterwards. There's stuff in the bulletin as well. Uh, by the way, if you did not pick one of these up, please pick one up and take a look at it. There's a lot of more information in there you may need for the events. So, next Saturday, men's breakfast, uh, Ladies' Day. The following week is Trunk or Treat. And we really want to encourage everybody to participate in that. We think Truck or Treat is one of those opportunities to connect with the community. And last year we had hundreds of people come through lines. We expect the same this year, if not more. And so we're needing candy. We're needing people to hand out candy. We're needing people who will talk to people. And so if you're not connected yet uh, for trunk or Treat, we really encourage you to do that. And that information is in the bulletin as well. We also had a couple of weddings last week. Uh, Jenny married Christian Davis, Jenny Olert, and so she is now uh, Jenny Davis. Uh, and so, congratulations. And then Paul Curry was married last week. Uh, I don't think Paul's here with us this morning, but when you see Paul, congratulate him as well. Let's well, just go to God in prayer. My Father, we thank you so much for uh, the opportunity we have to come and, and be a body here and encourage each other and lift each other up. And Father, we we know there are, are things that each of us uh, feel like we need answered, and there are things that we, we want to happen. And Father, we know there are, are times in which you've got different plans and you've got different uh, direction that you're, you're leading us. And Father, we just... Uh, we're not very good at uh, giving up control and letting you be in charge. And Father, we just ask that you will help us with that. Help us to uh, be willing to um, just put our our life and our um, decisions in your hands and, and to follow and, and not always have to lead. And Father, we we ask that you'll be particularly with Jennifer and Jason and Carlos and just help them as they continue to um, just work through the the, the difficulties that Carlos goes through, and Father, help them, give them your strength, uh, give them your love, and Father, just uh, continue to help them to rely upon you. And we ask that you will also um, just be with any other folks in our audience who have specific needs at this time, that you will encourage them and, and lift them up. And Father, we, we just ask you to be with us as we <clears throat> head into many of these activities that we may be able to use these activities to connect with those folks around us that we may be able to 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 pull them into our group here and and ultimately connect them to you and father we just ask that you'll bless us in all those and you'll guide us in those we ask that you'll continue to be with our sunday morning study and the the role of women in the church and father we we ask that you'll continue to guide us in that and, and provide direction father we uh, We thank you so much for allowing us to be your children, for sending Christ to make that possible, and we come to you in his name. Amen.
1: One more thing. I didn't tell Monty this, but this Saturday we're going to have a work day at Green Valley Bible Camp to work on some things there at camp. Uh, So if you're uh, going to the men's breakfast on Saturday right after you're done, why don't you all head out to camp and help out, lend a hand, fixing some things up out there. All right, let's stand up. We'll have one more. Blessed be your name In a land that is plentiful, Where the streams of abundance Flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When I found in the desert place The walk through the wilderness Blessed be your name Every blessing Turn back back to praise praise. When When the the darkness closes in, Lord Still Yeah.